You're listening to Education Experts with EDX Education. Education is evolving. Join Heather Welch from EDX Education chatting with teachers, psychologists, parents, authors, creatives and other talented experts to keep up with the trends and what's happening from around the globe. This podcast series from EDX Education discusses home learning, school readiness, being creatives, changing in education, discussing what's next, hands-on learning, or as we like to say, learning through play. Welcome everyone, I'm Heather Welch from EDX Education, and today I'll be in conversation with Anna Udina, Senior Director of Initiatives at the Toy Association based in the USA, and is one of the driving forces behind the Genius of Play Initiative, an award-winning program that promotes children, families, well, just about everyone to play. The Genius of Play initiative movement is to raise awareness of play as a crucial part of child development and encourage families to make more time for play as a crucial part of their daily lives. Today, we're chatting to Anna about play-based learning, value of play, the Genius of Play initiative and trends in the USA on play. Welcome, Anna. Hi, Heather. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to chat with you. Well, it's wonderful you could join us today and we're very excited too because it's a subject that I'm very passionate about myself which is play. So Anna I would love you first of all to introduce to our audience what exactly is the Genie Supply initiative? Well you actually did it very well. Uh, <laughs> it is the initiative by the Toy Association to raise awareness about the importance of play, all the wonderful benefits that it has for child development. And it has also evolved to become a great resource for parents. So we have a lot of play ideas, expert advice, all the different inspiration activities and resources that parents and teachers might want in order to inspire play, whether it's at home or in the classroom. And I think it's an amazing, it's absolutely amazing. And I know that it has actually recently won quite a big award. Is that correct? Yes. One of our public service announcements won a tele award. Uh, we run public service announcements on TV to promote the importance of play and educate parents and caregivers about all the great research that exists about the benefits of play. So our most recent campaign was called the Worldwide Headquarters of Play, and it's launched right before the pandemic when everybody oh. was cooped up at home. So and the campaign was showing the importance of play at home as a whole family, parents and kids together in homemade forts, sort of like this DIY, very creative, imaginary play. And it really resonated with people. And yeah, it was, it was exciting to win an award. We're very oh. proud of it. Anna, that's amazing. Unstructured play at home is always one of the best things to do. But I would love to know, what was the inspiration for founding the Genius to Play initiative from the Toy Association? How did it all come about? So I'll tell you all about it. So the initiative started six years ago. And before the Toy Association launched the Genius of Play initiative, we really conducted a lot of research, a lot of third-party research, spoke with a lot of different experts in child development, in education, in psychology, all the different fields. So from that research and the conversations that we had with the experts, what became clear is that play has all the different benefits for child development, that it's really, really critical for physical, cognitive, social, emotional, communication, and creativity. So that was great. But there was also the other side of the story. 
a lot of experts voiced concerns and they shared some alarming statistics with us about today's kids playing less than previous generations. So a lot of experts were talking about the decline in play and the negative consequences that such a decline may have for kids for the future generations. So I would say the inspiration was twofold. We were inspired by the research and facts and the opportunity to bring all that information to parents and caregivers, but also the need to bring play back and inspire more play in families and in the classroom. And over the past six years, the genius of play has really evolved to become a trusted resource of play inspiration and resources. So we're really trying to accomplish that mission on which we started six years ago. And I love the fact that it's bringing play back to the families, not just the children, but anyone can play. And recently you've had some brilliant social media. I think there was like an older an older male and female adult in a, a wheelback. Uh, what do you call it? I call it a wheelbarrow. And one had their leg up and they're just saying plays for all ages. It was absolutely amazing. It just showed that a lot of laughter and a bit of fun and bit creativity in their faces. So it's not just for our absolutely. early years. <laughs> yeah, you, you're, you're absolutely right. And uh, in fact, you know, our PSA campaign, the Worldwide Headquarters of Play, it says play is critical to your physical and emotional well-being at any age. And we show in all the different generations of people, grandparents, parents, kids, because yeah, the research exists that shows that play is actually important for adults as well. Particularly, there is a correlation between playfulness and lower stress level. And I think a lot of people can relate to that. There is a lot of stress in our lives at work, at home, you know, anywhere we go, interacting with people. So having that playful attitude, you know, it doesn't mean necessarily you got to spend all your time playing. You know, we have, we all have your own responsibility, but it's this playful attitude. It's this openness to play that allows people to manage stress a whole lot better. And that means that you're happier about your life, that you're more satisfied, you feel you feel more motivated, more excited, and a lot of times that leads to better productivity. So, you know, we actually recently conducted a survey amongst 2,000 parents and kids. And one thing we asked, uh, does play help you be more productive at work? And the majority of parents said that, yes, it does. You know, I do find that when I play, when I spend time taking my mind off work and playing with my kids and doing something else, then I come back to work and I feel a lot more productive. Well, it has been the year like no other. I mean, I'm based in the UK and I know that you're based in the USA and we've definitely had quite severe lockdowns in both, you know, and also working from home. It's not necessarily, it's the norm. Like many people's offices mm-hmm. may not go back to working within an office so you've got to have that sort of that playfulness and to switch off from work because now you know for some people it might be just a walk to the offices uh, from the bedroom maybe to a desk or even just to the dining room you know it's not very far indeed so you need to switch off you need all these um, initiatives out there just to show you how important it is not only for you but for the family as you're saying for stress levels and everything so such an important initiative to to have There was a really good quote I saw recently from Dr. Sarah Mundy, and she said, our brains brains are wired to play and wired through play. And I thought, I love that because it allows us to see the importance of play. 
you know, many people don't see the benefits and they just of unstructured and free play, which is what you're talking about, making the dens and all that sort of amazing things that children do because they're curious. They're naturally really curious and they want to explore all these different things. And sometimes as a parent, we end up moving into this club culture. You know, we, we take them to every club under the sun. So, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, and that's we've all had a bit of a rest over that for the last, I suppose, 12 months, which has probably been quite nice. <laughs> Yeah, I think a lot of people actually rediscovered the fun of unstructured play and sort of like spontaneous play, not necessarily an organized activity, but just something that you do with your family. So, yeah, a lot of people had a lot more time than they normally do, less structured schedules. They were looking for activities and things to do. And I think play Play was one of the things that that really helped people through the pandemic. You know, we definitely heard it from parents that that they were rediscovering play. And um, it will be interesting to see whether that continues as the world opens up. You know, right now in the United States, things are looking much better than they did a year ago. We are cautiously optimistic and (laughs) a lot of activities are starting. I am cautiously optimistic. Some people may be not cautiously optimistic, but I am always cautious, uh, but very optimistic as well. So a lot of activities are starting to come back and the schedules are starting to fill up again. You know, I talked to my coworkers, how was your weekend? And before it was like, well, you know, there was not a whole lot to do. And now it's like, oh yeah, it was busy, right? Which is which is the typical answer in the United States uh, pre-pandemic. And so it's starting to come back, you know, that busyness that um, the hectic sort of lifestyle. So it will be really interesting to see how play evolves. And, you know, we definitely hope that it remains uh, a really important place and that the fact that families had this opportunity to rediscover play, you know, every day uh, with their kids, not necessarily something scheduled, definitely hope that we will continue as the world opens up. Oh, and I have to just mention here that there's an amazing that you've actually just launched. I saw this the other day, the Genius of Play portal. Now, is that available to everyone? Can anyone around the world access that? Absolutely. That is the beauty of the World Wide Web. (laughs) It is available (laughs) to everybody. (laughs) It is free. It's not a gated portal. You don't need to register. So basically what we did, you know, we thought about, well, there are so many different resources around the internet, play resources, games, ideas, you know, different activities that you can download. But it can take a lot of time to find those resources. You You need to do some work. And who wants to spend time searching? You want to spend time playing, especially as busy as parents are. They want something bright at their fingertips. So we did the work for them. We collected the resources from a lot of different places, a lot of different toy companies and play companies. And they're all available on this one convenient page. So it serves as a gateway to a ton of other resources. And you can access the page right from the geniusofplay.org. You know, you just come to our website and you can enter the portal right from the homepage. I think that's definitely going to be part of the summer of play for everyone because not not as many people will be going overseas or even having these bigger holidays this year. So that's the Genius of Play portal will definitely be one of the first places that everyone should go. And if they don't know about it, now they do, which is amazing. Now I've got, I suppose <laughs> I've been wondering about, I know in the UK play has actually decreased. And again, as you were saying, the reason the Genius of Play initiative came out was because researchers were saying it had decreased in the 
last few years. But how, what are you finding the trend is in the USA at the moment over the last 12 months? Has it increased due to the lockdown and due to, you know, initiatives like this coming out? Do you have any research on that? Yeah, absolutely. You know, we, we have seen play increase during the lockdown. You know, parents had a lot more time. They were looking for things to do. We also have recently done a survey, uh, which I mentioned already, of 2,000 parents and their kids. And we were asking about their priorities for the summer and sort of like, how does play rank on the list of those priorities? Because a lot of parents are also concerned about their kids uh, falling behind academically. So we were due to the pandemic, you know, and all yeah. the virtual learning and, you know, disruptions in the classroom and all of that. That is a big concern. So we were wondering with all those concerns, are parents thinking about play, you know, or are they looking for tutors? Are they looking for their <laughs> kids to do workshops during the summer? Yeah. Are they looking for them to catch up? So what we found is that parents actually do understand the value and importance of play and downtime. And especially because parents are so concerned about their kids' social and emotional skills and the mental health. So it's not just the academic skills. Sure, you know, parents are concerned about that. But I think there is an increase of this understanding of how play is key to the child's overall well-being and overall well-being that is the number one priority so in fact a stunning majority of parents in our survey said that after the difficult year that their child has had at school play is the number one on the list of their summer plans we did not expect parents to say that because there's so many different priorities that one family may have but uh but it sounds like play is something parents Parents really value, they have come to understand and value it. And of course, not surprisingly, when we ask the kids what they want to do during the (laughs) summer, they want to play like eight hours every day. (laughs) That's, um, that's what they said. But that didn't surprise us at all. But it was was good news that the parents also support that desire. So it's uh, looking to be a playful summer in the United States. Oh, we love a playful summer. I think it's going to be a playful summer in the UK. We just need a little bit less rain and nicer weather at the moment, to be honest. And then we'll all be outside. (laughs) Yeah, hopefully you'll get that. We we were doing some work a a while ago with a lady, a neuroscientist called called Dr. Cindy Hovington, and she always, she advocates that school readiness and social and emotional well-being, well, social and emotional well-being is one of the areas that, children need to develop in the early years but she says the only well the best way to do that is um, unstructured and free play Um, and she advocates that for school readiness for parents to look at rather than you know doing a whole lot of routines and things like that she looks at children interacting with each other and that's the best way for yeah you know developing that mental health and well-being which is exactly what Jenny Supply Initiative is all about which is fantastic now here's one for you what about parents You know, there's been a lot of issues with quality and good toys for early development. You know, what can they look for? What's something, you know, parents can look for for a good quality toy? That is a great question. And we work with over 50 different experts. So we always ask them the same question. And one thing we hear all the time, it's really important for a toy to be open-ended. 
So mm-hmm. this is something that that parents should definitely look for. So, but what does it mean open ended, right? So it's actually very simple. That just means that a toy can be played with in many different ways. You know, there's not just like one way, but a child can really use their imagination. Think about examples like basic blocks or building bricks. You can build anything with them. Every child's creation will be different. So that is a good example of an open-ended toy where really the child leads the play and figures out what they want to do with the toy. So that's one thing that we're hearing from the experts. Another thing, you know, for early child development, imaginary or pretend play. So any toys that stimulate imaginary or pretend, that can be dolls, that can be action figures, all types of dress-up sets, play sets where kids get to invent their own worlds, things like that, you know, stuffed animals. That is really key to development of many different skills. Interestingly, vocabulary, maybe it's not the first one that you think of when somebody says imaginary play, but there is this research that found when when three-year-olds spend more time talking to stuffed animals and other toys during pretend play, they have bigger vocabularies by the time they reach kindergarten because this play pattern really helps them practice words and use words that they would not necessarily use in other situations, you know, without this pretend play scenario. So language skills are really important to develop through that. But also, of course, emotional skills, uh, pretend play, imaginary scenarios is how kids work through their emotions, how they try to make sense of what has happened to them, maybe what has happened earlier in the day, some encounter that they had, they will reenact that scenario and that emotion with their stuffed animals, dolls, and action figures. And that is really, that's an important part of that emotional um, intelligence that they're starting to form. And then obviously, of course, creativity, you know, that that's, uh, that's the type of play that lets creativity fly and really flourish. And creativity is, I think, one of the most important, if not the most important skill that CEOs are saying is critical to success in today's workplace. So creativity is not just for artists, creativity is for everybody, for marketing people, financial people, accountants, creativity is important for all. So that is a great way to nurture that creativity through imaginary play. You mentioned our website, and we also have resources to help parents with toy selection. So there is a cool toy pick section, and we have toy suggestions that are grouped by various developmental benefits. For instance, if you're looking for toys that are great for fostering those social connections or emotional skills, we have toys that are grouped around that topic. So I would suggest check that out. And we also have an age by age toy and play guide. So if you want to know, like for a specific developmental stage, let's say you have a five-year-old, you can see what kinds and types of toys are really uh, best uh, at this particular developmental stage. Anna, that's so true. That's such a great way to do it as well. I know with my, I've got a three-year-old actually, and I can watch him put his blocks together or his tiles, whatever he's playing with at the time, like an open-ended toy, and he gets really frustrated because he hasn't made the foundations and it takes him a while and he has this <laughs> problem solving and his cognitive development after a while, but he sort of has to self-regulate halfway and stop himself from throwing it across the room at times. You can see that he gets frustrated because it doesn't always go his way. Um, mm-hmm. And the other one is you do hear the 
like there might have been a he's been at daycare or you call it nursery or childcare for the day and he comes back and you can see him reenact obviously something that happened at school so mm-hmm. you have a little bit of a chuckle while watching him sometimes but actually it's it is really interesting to watch the, the concentration when they use open-ended toys and how they 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 go through emotions they go through the communication everything exactly what you're just um saying with best things to look at for parents now another one is what are the big trends for 21 and 22 i know that you know the last six 12 months there's been an increase in family games and you know a lot more sort of maybe home learning so lockdown we've had a lot of things but i'd love to hear what your thoughts are great question so the toy association announced our list of toy trends earlier this year just a couple of months ago oh, and wow. there are some really really interesting developments the first one is there is a lot more interest in socially conscious play and the toys that support that kind of play. So that is probably not surprising. Families are looking for new ways to become better global citizens and they're looking to raise kids that are good yeah. global citizens that are aware of the environment. So there's a lot of growth in sustainability toys, for instance, diversity and inclusion that has yeah, been huge. Really- so toys that foster that yeah that awareness and understanding and respect you know for the diversity of all the different people so those are all examples of that trend so really really seeing a lot of that emerging and becoming should play a big role so that's one then uh another one we talked about mental health and that we're also seeing that in toy trends as well so toys that support emotional health and wellness that promote mindfulness, meditation, you know, all sorts of, you know, emotional well-being, definitely a trend, not surprisingly, again, because, you know, I don't know about the UK, but in the United States, mental health has been definitely a topic that has been growing, I think, an overall awareness amongst adults, as well as kids. Absolutely. Uh, And then in the lighter side, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So we're seeing we're kind of similar. And on the lighter side, we've seen a lot of toys that incorporate music, all kinds oh, of music in various music. ways. Oh, who doesn't, right? So um, it makes you happy. Just like playing music makes you happy. And uh, we think it's driven largely by popularity of platforms such as TikTok, for instance. You know, all those viral lip syncing dances, viral videos on TikTok, popular with, you know, the younger generation especially. So that is making its way to play and toys. And the final one that I think we also touched on this, we touched on the importance of play for adults. And we are seeing that as a trend uh, in toys as well. There are more and more toys that are targeted, not at kids necessarily, but at adults, or sometimes we call them kidults, you know, so those like young adults, (laughs) they are, you know, on the threshold between um, teenage years and adulthood. So that has been started uh, seeing that even before the pandemic, but we think it really accelerated during the pandemic when adults, you know, uh, even the ones who don't have kids, adults were looking for play and ways to escape. So there is a lot of sort of like use of toys to escape reality, bring joy in someone's lives. So seeing a lot of games inspired by adult topics, growth and collectibles, and building toys that appeal to adults as well. So 
very excited about that because, as I said, research shows that uh, play is beneficial for all ages. And I think a lot of uh, times in the past, play was kind of like viewed as something that is just for kids and that you don't necessarily need once you reach a certain age. So it's really great to see that paradigm being broken and more and more toys that inspire adults to play. That's amazing. So more and more hands-on learning, hands-on toys, so hands-on toys for adults, or is it like technical and hands-on type toys or a bit of both? A bit of, a bit of both. Yeah. Some of them are hands-on, you know, something to build, something to craft. You definitely yeah. keep your hands occupied, seeing a lot of that, uh, but also a lot of games and collectibles and, you know, collectibles inspired by fandom, you know, um, Things like Comic-Con, you know, oh, like those yes. kinds of conferences, they have been so popular. It's it's a movement almost. So, and that is reflected in the toy world and play world as well. Oh, that's a fantastic roundup. And it's really nice to hear that, you know, the adults are getting involved as well, not just, and teenagers, because sometimes you do find teenagers, as you're saying, they do drop off at that sort of, that age mm-hmm. where they don't, they sort of in between wanting to play and then is it cool, is it not, that, you know, I suppose it's mm-hmm. you know, swings and roundabouts is coming around. Now, I just want to mention that you've got an amazing program, which is the Genie Supply Ambassadors, which, you know, I was very honoured to be appointed and to be part of. So it's such a great campaign. But I was just wondering, are you looking at more people to contribute or if someone would like to get involved, a caregiver, a teacher or anything like that, is there a way they can get involved in the Genie Supply? Yeah, absolutely. You know, Heather, you mentioned the ambassador program. Well, first of all, thank you personally very much for being a great ambassador of play. And we do have this program. It's something relatively new that we started this year. And we are looking for people to join. So right now we have about 80 ambassadors. We're definitely looking to grow the program. So if you're working in the toy industry, or even if you if you don't work in the toy industry, like you said, you're a teacher, you're passionate about play, you feel like you could make a difference by spreading your message on social media you active on social channels like LinkedIn or Facebook or Instagram whatever Twitter whatever is your platform you have followers you have an audience uh, we would definitely encourage you to apply to become a play ambassador and if you're interested you can send an email to info at thegeniusofplay.org and we will uh, tell you more about the program and how you can join so you just answered my next question. I was going to say, how can listeners get in touch or hear more about, but they could email through or they could head on over to the geniusupply.org website. And I know that there's, as you are mentioning before, there's expert advice, there's the benefits of play. So if someone's unsure, there's the benefits of play, there's the play portal, which has, if you're stuck on the in the summer, there are many ideas, indoors, outdoors, and age-related. There's even toy recommendations. There's a lot all over there. Is there anything I've missed out? Wow, that has been a lot. Well, uh, we have a lot of downloadable coloring pages and activities. So if you're looking for something quick, 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 uh, you just want to print it and give it to your child to do, we have that as well. Anna, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. And it's such a great initiative that um, the Toy Association has put forward. And we look forward to advocating it and growing it with you. So thank you very much for coming on today. Thank you, Heather. It's It's been a pleasure. Thanks for inviting me. There are so many exciting developments happening right now in education. EDX Education would love to hear from you, so do get in touch or subscribe to our podcast, which is available on Apple, Podbean, Spotify, TuneIn, and so many more. This podcast series is brought to you by Heather Welch from EDX Education, as she'd like to say, let's create lifelong learners. 